Welcome to the Mando Fan Show, episode four, which we're going to call We're Dooned. Uh, this is about chapter four of The Mandalorian. I like you know, dad jokes. You know, you guys all know that by now. It's a lot. Uh, chapter four of The Mandalorian called uh, Sanctuary. And um, what we're going to do here, as always, is uh, give our ratings in the Pedro Pascal face scale, zero to ten. Go over maybe some Easter eggs we saw, talk about the episode, and then look to the future, to the horizon, towards chapter five. Joining me as always, James and Lacey, and our special guests this week from Star Wars Explained, Alex and Molly Damon. Guys, welcome to the Yay. show. How are hey, you? What's Hi. up? Doing great. How are you? <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, good Thanksgivings? Yes. Yes. The best. Very yes. cool still. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. We're full of Mandalorian content as well. James, Lacey, how are you guys doing? Good. No shopping for me. No shopping, yeah. Um, I may do some online shopping. That's probably it. I like to avoid the chaos of the stores. Um, like, you know, we see Mandalorian going head to head with all these people in, in combat. And I feel like that's <laughs> what the store aisles would be like if I went to try to wrestle some items from people. So, especially if they were selling baby Yodas, but as we know, they're not right now. Um, uh, or giant not eggs. Yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. I do want to go full, like, item like not plush i want an actual puppet feeling uh like little baby yoda that maybe moves and stuff like that i gotta go as all real as you can be as real as possible yeah and to have just the, <laughs> the right amount of cocktails where i can feel like it's a real thing and i can talk to it um yes. but anyway guys let's start things off here by rating the episode on the pedro pascal face scale we each gave our ratings we're going to give you our average and then we're going to turn to our patrons to see what they rated whether it was above or below us and then we'll get to some comments so um, all right, so Alex, let's start with you. Chapter four, what did you rate this on the Pedro Pascal face scale? 8.5 out of 10. 8.5, all right. So you, you dug it. Molly, where were you at on this one? Uh, close, I, I think I was an eight. An eight, okay. Eight out of 10. Right on. Lacey, 10? I was also an eight. <laughs> Okay. Nice. <laughs> so for those of you who are just tuning in or Alex and Alex and Molly, uh, Lacey started off real high out of the gate. So now she's been trying to work her way. So. I'm like, <laughs> I've made terrible mistakes, but I'm fixing yes. it. Eight. Right. Eight. Okay. So I'm trying to keep mine a little more mellow to start out and see. I'm saving room for the season finale to be a 10. Yeah. <laughs> That's Alex, where I'm at I've too. gone terribly wrong in my scales. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't can bump it up to me. 11. <laughs> don't, follow. don't follow. This is not the way. This is go. not the way. Um, James, where are you at? Um, 7.5. So that's that's my that's my right in the middle, kind of what I expect. That's what I rated the first episode. I'll give you okay, a good example I'm, there. I'm hitting the seller then. I gave this a 7. Uh, so um, just this isn't you know determined ahead of time. I'm just going to use my math skills here to figure out the average and we gave it collectively a 7.8 looks down down. wow (laughs) 7.8 from the five of us um and our patrons who had the opportunity to give us their ratings gave this thing an 8.25 so they were a little more optimistic about chapter four here um now remember if you want to be featured on the show tweet always using hashtag mando and uh chapter five comes out next friday so if you don't get a chance to be read here on the episode keep sending in those tweets and maybe next week you can appear on the show but uh this person did make it on the show and their name was logan tesmer at logan tesmer way to get your handle logan 
Uh, Logan said 7.5. So right there with James. Pedro Pascal faces everything with Tiny, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, was great, as well as Kara's introduction. However, I felt like someone should have died in the Raider attack. It felt like there was nothing impactful about the scene. Um, so, eh, potentially interesting take there. Um, but also, if you're a patron of the Resistance broadcast, you like speed to the front and can make it on the show, just like John Reese did here. He said, 7 out of 10 Pedros for me. I really enjoyed the Widow Village connecting with uh, the Mando. Absolutely everything about Baby Yoda. He killed it this episode. Uh, Cara Dune was a total badass, and the ATST Walker sequence was very cool. So thank you for that, John. Um, so interesting enough, uh, I feel like it wasn't, by, by most people's standards, it wasn't their favorite episode. I feel like the Deborah Chow episode is still casting a shadow over everybody, uh, which she did such a good job on, which makes us all very excited about Kenobi, of course. But um, this next segment here, Easter eggs, uh, I didn't find a ton. So let's each go around and try to give one, and we'll keep passing the baton until we kind of run out here. Um, so um, Star Wars Explained, we'll start with you guys. Molly, did you have an Easter egg you saw in this episode or a reference to a previous Star Wars, previous Star Wars content? I mean, since I'm going first, I guess I'll do the the Tuca. There you the, go. The, the biggest one. <laughs> I, yeah, I yes. want to point out that we were talking about it afterwards, and I was like, what did you think of the Loath Cat? And Molly was like, she must have sneezed or something, and she was like, what? I was making coffee. <laughs> we like ran back. I was like, the Loath Cat. I was making coffee, and I turned around, and I missed it. And so then I went on Twitter, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Alex is just sitting there with the biggest smile, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, God. Well, I guess that's one, another perk of it being um, a streaming series where you're not in the theater watching it, and you miss something, and you're like, ah, man, I'll have to wait till So you can just rewind it, hit play, mm-hmm. watch mm-hmm. it again, and see that Tuca. Um Interesting. That's yeah. That's obviously the most glaring one there, um, and we had someone tweet that as uh, our tweet for the segment. Mandalorian Don said, "Lost cat." That's all he wrote. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, Alex, uh, anything else stick out to you? A reference or a, or an Easter egg? Yeah, more references. I mean, uh, the entire plot of helping a village come together to defend itself is. Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven, and the Clone Wars episode, Bounty Hunters. So, right, right. Yeah. There's, a, there's a Star Wars Easter egg connection. Uh, mm-hmm. well, without a doubt. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, George Lucas always said he was inspired by Kurosawa. So uh, you feel like Filoni kind of had his hands in the dough there trying to get that point across. Although I still think it's Favreau's thing. But um, all right, Lacey, anything? Easter eggs, references? What do you got? The only thing that really stuck out to me was when Cara Dune was talking about how Endor went down, how she like went and cleaned everything up and then they expected her to be like a peacekeeper because then you can think like, oh, well, the Jedi are gone. So they needed someone to step in. And she was like, nah, dog, I'm out. Uh, Yeah. Which I found very interesting that, you know, she has the little rebellion symbol and yet she was just like, I don't want to be like following like diplomats around and stuff. Mm -hmm. So again, it's another reference like a couple episodes ago when they're talking about the new Republic and they're like, yeah, they're kind of useless. I was like, wow, everyone thinks these guys are pretty useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. What did um, we fight th- for? <laughs> right. And it would explain her, uh, knowledge of ATSTs. Obviously if she encountered right. any on the end door. Um, yeah. James, how about you? Um, <clears throat> tiny was uh, referred to as a womp rat in this episode. <gasps> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was mine. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought that was kind of 
yeah. interesting, especially coming from the Mandalorian. Like he actually kind of refers to him as the Womp Rat, you know? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so that was mine, but um, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I guess my other one would be, I guess it was just something that reminded me of Luke in Empire with the AT-ATs when the Mando threw the grenade in the head of the ATST and it blew up. It made me think of Luke when he chopped it up and threw the grenade in there and fell down. Um, but that's more of, I guess, a nod or a reference. But that's all I got. Do, do you guys uh, have any others? Alex, Molly? Uh, Alex, you probably have 5,000, but we have a limited uh, time here. <laughs> uh, not a ton. Uh, the, the Raiders were Klaatuinians. That's uh, yeah. the guy, one of the guys that was on the skiff uh, at Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. But What about the, what was it that they brewed in the farm? Has that been mentioned? Oh, before? the alcohol. Sp- uh, Spock, Spock watch? Sp- yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's been mentioned before, maybe in a book. I don't I, think so. I actually wrote down a lot of stuff that I was like, this is all new. Like, I just took down a Gringer and I looked that up. Nope, first reference ever, you know? <laughs> they make when it you- out of the krill, too. That's first reference that, that creature has ever been shown. Mm-hmm. If you beat Shrimp. Wikipedia to the punch, then you're on top of your game. Because I always try to find stuff <laughs> yeah. on there, and it's like, yeah. Um, there was a certain, same one that we from Canto Bite early in the episode, and also a Twilic. Saw a Twilic randomly walking mm-hmm. around. Yeah. They were all walking around the the Bounty Hunters Guild planet as well. Like, yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah. You can just right. tell they're reusing costumes, which is a classic Star Wars thing. There's like five Greedos <laughs> oh, yeah. and a New Hope. Absolutely, yeah. Um, not all of them in high actually... heels, but. Yeah, this episode made me think of Pirates of the Caribbean, actually, because the widow and the kid hiding under the basket reminded me of Jack Sparrow under the boat. And then, mm-hmm. like, the two guys that are kind of, like, the people that go for help, and then they're kind of the comedic relief, where she's like, get in there! Like, it reminded me of the two guys from Pirates of the Caribbean that are, like, the, like, two British soldier guys that are stupid, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there to do mm-hmm. the right thing. It, I was like... I'm getting these like similar things from other Disney projects. There's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they exactly. weren't, but they weren't acted by those yeah. people. But yeah, that's totally similar, the like. Yeah. Was uh was Sorgan ever referenced before, or is that a new entry? I haven't looked it up, but that was the first I recognized it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, it reminded me just uh, terrain-wise of like Everglades, just swampy and high grass and, and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, didn't, I hadn't known if that ever uh, placed before. But um, yeah, that's all I got. Any others standing out? I swear I saw an Endor helmet on somebody. Like the mm. one, you know, that they wear mm. uh, Luke and Leia. Yeah. But I don't know. I could be wrong on that. But it I does connect then to Cara Dune maybe. I don't know, right. but that this episode was rough, you know, for those for little Easter eggs. For those little <laughs> Easter eggs, I think last yeah. one was like insane. Yeah, last week we were rifled off like fifty. <laughs> we're like, all right, we have to move. Yeah. We have to move on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I guess we're satisfied with that for now. Uh, if they come up in, in the discussion, we could obviously bring them up then. Um, but yeah, so right now, then let's get into just discussing the episode overall. Um, first, let's each go around and give our f- our favorite shot or few seconds uh, moments of uh, the episode, um, even if it's just in a vacuum. Uh, just uh, your favorite shot, James. Do you want to start us off? Your favorite either shot or, or brief sequence? 
yeah, that that uh, ATST Raider thing. Um, uh, when it flips on the headlight and starts moving through the people and stuff, I'm like, there's something so intelligent about what it's doing. Like you can see it, like thinking it's not even a creature. There's like obviously someone in there, but there's something going on there. Uh, that was just so special. Like it walks up to the water, and I just loved everything about that. I, I was on the edge of my seat just as much as it was on the edge of the uh, ravine there, or whatever. Right. Okay. Uh, Lacey, what do you got? The scene where Mando and Kara meet outside and they're fighting and they roll around and then it cuts to Tiny who's slurping soup. (laughs) I laughed so hard and I then had to replay it and watch it again and still laugh just as hard because it was like one of those moments I was like, this is so funny. Um, And it reminded me of the stuff we saw at Celebration because we saw that clip of them interacting that way but yeah that right. scene yeah. Oh. and then he's like you want soup <laughs> i was like oh my god <laughs> i was no. yelling at the tv because no one is watching that baby it's the most precious baby <laughs> right? in the galaxy yes. and mando's like here watch the kid and then yeah. she doesn't watch the kid and that's also yeah. not her responsibility and <laughs> right. i'm just like right. mando what are you doing that he's was... always like and then he's like come on let's go and he's walking and i'm like there's no way he's keeping up with you <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Yeah, he needs one of those uh, like kid leashes that you see people in the mall have that look like an old telephone <laughs> no, cord. Put him yeah. in the baby, like the baby in the Bjorn. Goes over and you I, put him in the I'm front. S- I was still waiting for that to happen, honestly. Like a little <laughs> Star Wars version of the Bjorn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, didn't he? Didn't you? Don't you hear the slurping first, and then yes. it's, yeah, that's yes. I was like, what is that? And, then and they both pause, like, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> he's such a he's such a rude eater. Um, <laughs> all right um molly favorite shot uh i was also gonna say the fight between mando and kara specifically when she just drops him and yes he like flails <laughs> around on the ground i was like okay yeah these these two are equal fighters yeah right there was definitely some mma moves like the knee to the like the chin like you could just mm-hmm. see like a muay thai just bang um and she apparently did all her stunts so that's pretty cool um alex what do you got i'm also gonna go with the atst my favorite shot itself was when they first provoke it and it kind of wakes up i just loved everything about how they shot that thing even Mm -hmm. from the start like you hear it but you don't see it and the villagers are all terrified and then you see its footprint and just the whole time they treat it like a monster and right. I guess we're kind of used to seeing ATSTs getting crushed by logs and stuff, and it's kind of goofy. But like <laughs> this thing would be terrifying, and right. it'll wipe out everyone there. So I really like the way they treated it. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. It, they did make an ATST seem intimidating. I think possibly for the first time in live action, anyway. Um, and it had like that like Jurassic Park vibe with the footprint and and that sort of thing right. mm-hmm. uh, out of the darkness. Yeah, that that's that's cool. And did they previously have? Um, red lit interior in ATSTs or is that a new thing to add a menacing like eyes to it? I, I don't recall ever seeing it like that before. It could be like a night mode or maybe the Raiders just thought it looked cool. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's an aftermarket right. thing. Let's put a red light bulb in <laughs> here. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to wait till the episode, but since we're talking about it so heavily, do you think there's any chance that that, that ATST was actually like a droid or like had AI like running on its own? I, I think it, that that thought did go through my head. Molly, when we were talking about it on our own review, made the point that I think we just never saw its point of view to make it seem more monstrous. 
But the red lights do kind of give it this weird, it could be a drone thing. Yeah, we don't see the people inside of it at all. But Mm -hmm. I I kind of tend to think it's being piloted. By an unnamed person. Yeah, yeah, that seems like pretty advanced tech for raiders who just salvaged this thing. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there had to have been people in there. Um, And then when he threw the grenade, it just kind of adds credence to him being like, I'm willing to kill if I need to sort of thing, instead of just, I'm just going to blow up this droid robot thing. Yeah. Um, My favorite shot was, uh, I guess, you know, maybe it's like the parent in me, but when uh, they're in the cockpit at the beginning and he's little yoda's flipping the buttons tiny (laughs) and he's like stop like stop doing that and then he like looks at mando to see if he's watching him and he flips another switch like my son does that like he'll wait for me to catch him and then he'll run and flip the dog dish and water will go everywhere like he he, like (laughs) they want to misbehave but they want to make sure you're seeing them to to get the payoff they want to tick you off and it's just like he's like is he looking okay and all whatever happened in the cockpit happened so i i don't know i don't know if he's meant to be comic relief but for me like you were saying about the soup and the slurping and stuff so far they're doing it well but it's not like too much so i think mm-hmm. they're they're balancing it just right um all right so now that uh we warm that up just episode overall thoughts um story-wise you know direction production uh obviously bryce dallas howard first uh major directing job uh so initial thoughts um alex and molly why don't you kick it off and then we can just uh, have an open chat about this uh, chapter i liked it i mean a, a lot of people were saying you know we've seen this kind of story told a million times in a million different ways and but even in star wars before in star mm-hmm. wars yeah but mm-hmm. i i still think it's it was cool and we saw character development and everyone um yeah well I, I think it's important to remember that not everybody has seen the clone wars not everybody yeah. watches everything so sure. it's like yeah the story's been told before but this is probably the most people that have seen it in star wars but it was still just yeah a lot of fun uh, i really kind of liked that it felt like a transition it, it felt like its own standalone thing whereas the first three episodes I think told one arc of a story and this feels like a stepping stone to whatever adventure they're about to go on. So maybe the next three will be another arc and then episode eight will be something to tie everything together. Yeah, it was kind of a bottle episode and both of us kind of thought that they were going to spend more time Mm. in whatever village that was, but I guess they're gone now, but they were there for a few weeks. Right. Yeah, he did allude to something like that, whether it was he was planning on being there for a couple months and then they wound up being there for a few weeks. Um, yeah, I it's weird. Like. I felt like um, I'm, I feel like I'm sitting in a waiting room waiting to get into a bigger arena with this show. And I don't know if that's because they're trying to do like intimate placement like we're here now we're staying here we're here now we're staying here and we're here now we're staying here each episode but i feel like i'm still waiting for a bigger thing to be get kicked open and we're still waiting for a lot of characters to come in like Giancarlo esposito and whatever imperial mercenaries are with him so maybe that's the coming up in the second half but i'm just getting this vibe like i'm sitting in a waiting room ready to go into the real part uh of the action i don't know why i feel that way but um i mean i still really enjoyed the episode but that's yeah i don't know I think that that's probably just a pattern that I've seen in Star Wars, mostly in Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Resistance, 
where the first season is almost like a testing ground. And they're like, we don't know how popular this is going to be. So we're going <laughs> to just dip our toe in. So the first season of Star Wars Rebels is almost entirely on Lothal. First season of Star Wars Resistance is almost entirely on Castellan. And then at the end of both of those shows, the galaxy opens up a lot more. So I'm kind of hoping that season one of The Mandalorian is like, we're just seeing what happens. And it's had an overwhelming response. So hopefully in season two, yeah, it, it's going to open things up a little more. That's a great point. Yeah, I need to, I need to calm down. That's what we're saying. <laughs> it is a little weird that they've already started. Uh, I mean, they're not waiting to see how audiences react to certain things. They've already written and they've begun production on that season too. True. So I think they're just like really confident in the way that it turned out. And they're probably just going to move forward with what you're saying, Alex. Um, I did think it was interesting though, that they didn't go into that. The, the fourth episode, if you will, they brought it back down to one, you know, one, two, three, and then we, we start over, you know, um, it feels, uh, like almost this one could be one, two, three in its own package. Uh, but I have a feeling they'll probably do like next week's episode will kind of lead off with this. I don't think anybody was expecting to kind of like reset though in that fourth episode. I think everybody thought it was like, I don't know, like the Mandalorians were going to show back up after they defeated all those guys or something, you know? Mm hmm. But it, it didn't. It seemed like this could have been the first episode of the series. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like we. I'm just waiting. I'm in the waiting room of finding out what Baby Yoda is and where he's from and why they want him. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, now, where are you guys with that? Um, uh, Lacey, I want to talk to you about Gina in a second. But Alex and Molly, in terms of Baby Yoda, do you think this has major implications with cloning? A lot of people talk about the patch on the arm and that sort of thing with Dr. Pershing. Where do you guys stand with that whole angle with this guy, this little guy? I think potentially. I'm honestly trying to not think about it all that much because <laughs> I am looking forward to being surprised. And I'm just sure. enjoying Baby Yoda so much that I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you do right. whatever you want to do. That's fair. Yeah. Right. But uh, I do there's got to be something with metachlorians or cloning or mm -hmm. I, I do think that there are some implications there. I don't think it's like a clone of Yoda or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's just another member of the species and they're trying to figure out what makes him tick because they're <laughs> different and special. Yeah. I want to know where he's been for 50 years. Probably right. in that little egg, just sleeping. <laughs> yeah, just right. hanging out. In the, uh, in the unknown region somewhere, just uh, avoiding <laughs> plot holes. Um, <laughs> Lacey, well, how, so you gave this uh, episode an eight. What are your vibes with this thing? I did. Um, so when I first watched it, it was very early in the morning, and naturally, as always, I was super excited to just be watching a Star Wars TV show. So I was like, oh, this is amazing. But then on my second watch, I got a little bit more into it, and... I felt that it was a little slow at parts because um, I feel like this episode was very character development driven, which is totally fine. Um, but to go from what happened last week to this week, I was like, oh, my gosh, there's jetpacks and there's all this fighting. And then you're like, oh, so like they're just in this village, like hanging out and he might take his helmet off. He might not. He's not going <laughs> to. Um, but I think, first of all, Kara's awesome. She's exactly as badass as I thought she was going to be. I'm very sad that it seems like that's it with her. Obviously, I don't think that it is because we've seen other clips 
at Celebration and through other things where she seems to be in other places. So she's probably going to show up again. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just disappointing right now that you're like, oh, I thought she would have gone with him and they could be like a team. Um, Right. But the big thing I took away from this episode is that it set it up so he can never ditch Baby Yoda. That was the big takeaway for me is at the end when you think things are going to go south again, like the first episode where I was like, how dark is this getting Lucasfilm? Um, It just sets it up that he can never get rid of this kid. He's got to keep hold on to him, which I loved because oftentimes you were like, well, why doesn't he just ditch him somewhere? or Why doesn't he just give him to someone? Now he can't. So that's great. Yeah, I I totally agree with what you said about Kara. I have been really enjoying the show, but I have been intrigued by her character since Star Wars Celebration. And she was like, I'm an ex-Rebel shock trooper. And everyone went, ooh. (laughs) And like, (laughs) I was like, okay, she'll be in episode four, fine. And then she'll be in episodes five, six, seven, eight. And then the fact that she's like, I'll see you when I see you at the end. And you're like, no, no, (laughs) No. hang out. You're best friends now. (laughs) Right. You almost hope that there's a sit like she not follows him or whatever, but there's a situation where there's more heat and she kind of like shows up alongside him to like help uh, fight whatever's going on. Kind of like Wonder Woman in uh, uh, Dawn of Justice or yeah, Batman versus Superman, where she just kind of rolls up and it's oh there yeah there she is um, because I think she was important uh, an important addition. I thought she did a great job at the beginning. I thought some of her lines were a little wooden. But I think that was just writing more than anything. Um, and they may have uh, rushed some parts of the episode. But I want to hear your guys' thoughts on... Because uh, I'm no... You know, I can't say, oh, that's an episode directed by this person or that person. Do you guys have... Are you guys good with um, spotting director styles and stuff like that? So what do you guys think, Bryce Dallas Howard, directing uh, this chapter compared to the previous four? Uh, Alex and Molly, if you guys want to start. I wouldn't say I'm good at catching different directorial styles unless it's right. like someone super stylistic mm-hmm. like Wes Anderson but Tarantino uh, right yeah <laughs> but I was impressed with Bryce Dallas Howard I mean I knew that she had the smallest resume I guess but everything with the ATSD like I said I was like this is awesome the um, part where the bounty hunter points the crosshairs at baby Yoda and I'm like I know in my head they're not killing this baby. Like, right? They can't. And right. S- right. But still, right. the crosshairs over him just for a little bit, just I was filled with terror. So, like, sure. I thought she did a really great job. Yeah, I thought she handled um, the farm town really well. Like, it felt like Star Wars. I was a little bit worried about that. And also, we saw the shot of the woman, like, about to take his helmet off kind of early on. and. Everyone was like, whoa, is this like a love interest? And I was afraid that it would just be like this sudden love interest that pops up in the show. And I think she handled that well, where it was just like a thing that happened. And that was it. It's like a a sign of what could be if he were willing to abandon the way and go live the life of peace. We yeah. mentioned on something in our uh, other Patreon video that I, I think there's a chance that uh, like that could be the end game, kind of like the last Samurai movie, you know, where like he, he meets this woman and then he goes off and when everything's all said and done, he like throws his bag over his shoulder and like shows up there. She turns around, you know, she's doing laundry or something, turns around, she smiles. That's how it ends or something. You know what I mean? Like he came <laughs> back for her. Or something. I, I could see that. I don't know about these directors, though. 
I, I can't see any difference between the episodes. And and people are saying Deborah Chow's episode is the best episode. I don't even know if that's because of her. Like, you look at Rick Fumiawa, they're like, yeah, we need you to, to do an episode where he chases down the egg. <laughs> right, you know? that's true. And then yeah. it's like, then we're going to give this episode where it's like, all oh, the manos show up and they're blasting people and stuff. It's like, I, you know, it makes you feel like, is it just the content of the episode that you know that that was that is so exciting? I don't really know if I can tell the difference between the directorial decisions that these people are making. So far, they all are doing really good at at uh, just le- picking up where the last one left off. I feel like they're all one director, one f- frame of mind. A fluid thing. I, yeah, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, um, Lacey, I, I, I think they're. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Alex. Oh, I was. I, I think that they're really good at keeping that consistent tone. But where I see directorial decisions being made are like in Deborah Chow's episode when now we have to convey that all the bounty hunters uh, know that Baby Yoda's on the move again, and like they all pick up their fobs, and you right. just without any words you realize, oh, he's in a lot of trouble right now. Mm-hmm. Or one of the shots that really stuck out to me in that third episode was when he's in the wagon. And then you just see the two prongs come out from the barrels. And I mean, thanks to Rick Femiiwa's episode, you know what's about to happen. <laughs> right. Uh, but just those two little prongs coming out fill you with like this sense of anticipation and excitement. So poor it's Cloud like Rider. That, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boom. So Lacey, you're always pointing out, because I don't know anything about that. Um, I, I know nothing. Uh, you're always pointing out shot styles and stuff like that. Did anything stand out to you shot-wise, um, maybe from a directorial standpoint, and how this thing was photographed, so to speak? Yeah, so like Alex said, I think they're doing a really great job to make sure that all the um, cinematography looks similar, like the color schemes and the color correction and all that stuff, so that you can't tell like episode to episode that That's they're a, different. Yeah. But there are things that you can notice that people make decisions on. So with Rick's episode, he uses a lot of space to convey the seriousness of the situation, like a lot of wide shots where you're like kind of feel uneasy because someone's really small in the frame and there's all this space. Whereas Deborah Chow uses a lot of following of the character to show you where the um, where the scene is going and to keep your attention. Like when he comes into the guild and the whole shot just follows him throughout the mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, she does a lot of those or like when she did a lot of point of view shots, which I loved. So like baby Yoda's little floating <laughs> cradle thing where they had it on like some type of dolly and they were pulling it so that you got all the background moving from the point of view of baby. Yoda. Oh, right, right. Uh, with Bryce Dallas Howard, she did a lot of um, like close up pushes. So when you had Mando take his helmet off, over the shoulder and it pushes into baby Yoda or at the end of the episode where baby Yoda sitting on the wagon leaving to convey that this puppet, which it's a puppet is <laughs> feeling this emotion of like sadness and uh, like a sense of wanting to feel belonging. Mm-hmm. If she does a slow push onto it. So she did a lot of those, which are pretty standard. I mean, Spielberg loves the slow push. He's all about it. So I'm not surprised did, she likes Did you it feel too. any Ron Howard in her style at all? I'm sure that she did steal stuff from her dad because she said that she, you know, went to Solo, a I Star mean, Wars story on set. But if my dad was Ron Howard, I would definitely pay attention yeah. to what he's doing. He's his style again is similar to Bryce's in the sense that it's very character driven. 
Whereas it's mm-hmm. not as much about the scenery. It's about who's in the scene. Yeah. But she doesn't follow the action like a Deborah Chow does. Deborah Chow follows the character. They're like long shots with no cuts and stuff like that. It'd be funny if her style was like Lord and Miller. That'd be ironic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed a lot of shots that were from really down low, like almost yes. from Yoda level, baby Yoda level perspective looking up. Like when he find when he does the slurp and they're on the ground or <laughs> yeah. like the shots of the girl feeding baby yodas from really low to the ground um a lot of the shots from the fight are from on the ground that was something i noticed yeah, it's almost like the camera's sitting heights. in the water looking at her when she's up against the ravine mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, a, that's another one. It's like equal to her face. Oh, yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. And she, uh, how um, almost a POV shot from her to the top of the ATST, like your, her line of vision with where she's shooting is down below, too. Yeah. That's a good, that's a great point, Molly. Um, see, this is stuff I, I'm so into the story that I'm not like, I never pick this stuff up. That's why I love having this this type of conversation. I want to go back and rewatch and look for all the stuff Lacey pointed out. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. I don't know the any of this stuff. The one shot I really loved was the shot at the end where, and I've seen this in other stuff, so I can't think of any references to it, but when she shoots the guy that's about to shoot Baby Yoda and he falls out of frame and he's out of focus and she's in focus and it's mm-hmm. a slow push in, oh, that shot is beautiful. <laughs> Such a good shot. Was that another uh, long snoot? It, yes. That's a good point. We yeah, didn't yeah. mention that oh, as a yeah. as another alien reference. Except he doesn't have a, yeah. a he doesn't have a recorder. He had like a, something also, else. Like right before that, when the shot actually happens, and instead of like cutting immediately to who was shooting, she cut to the sky and birds or animals disperse. That's such a Bambi reference. Yeah, yeah. Where someone's been shot, and you're like. Oh my God! No. Good thing they opened the vault. Now I can go back and watch Bambi and make that. <gasps> yeah. Uh, that connection. the anxiety of like, oh no, what just happened? There's a mm-hmm. split second where you just panic and you're like, I'm gonna have to burn Lucasfilm to the ground. <laughs> like if someone <laughs> just died. <laughs> now that now that you mentioned that shot of like someone you think made a shot and then falls over, that yeah. happens in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, yes. In the bar, Indy thinks he just got shot and then the shooter falls away and Marion's standing behind him. Oh, right. Yes, that's a perfect... Yes, exactly. But yeah, Lacey, you brought this up earlier. That's the second time they've kind of tried to deke us. I believe it was you brought up that um, we thought IG-11 could have blown away Baby Mm. Yoda and he took one to the head. Yeah. Um, Why are they doing this to me? (laughs) And and speaking of this, I thought he was going to get the shot off, but that Baby Yoda was going to stop the bullet or blast. I'm waiting for that. (laughs) I thought he was going to pull a Kylo Kylo Ren... And yeah. freeze that thing like midway through, and then like when he's back on the little carriage, it like he lets it go and it hits like a, a wicker basket or something. But um, no, I, I I guess you know how they handled it was fine. But I thought he was gonna finally like stop something. I thought that would have been kind of cool. But like you say, maybe that happens later on. Um, one thing I do want to bring up: Julia Jones. I thought to me was the highlight of the chapter um, as Omera, uh, the widow. I thought she was really good um, for only being. And for a short period of time, I believed her and her story and her um, getting a lot out of the Mandalorian for some reason. Like, why was she able to get through to him, whereas other people don't? He was even very polite with her and that sort of thing. So just curious what your guys' thoughts are on her job, because I don't know her much outside of this. So if how she is in other performances, but... Um, 
James, do you know this actress well? Like, what do you think? No, I don't. But now that you're mentioning it, I think there's something more to her, too, because she's the only one who can shoot. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like that you don't just leave that alone. There's something to there's a reason she knows how to, like, put 16 bullets in that pan and That's nobody's questioning it. They're like, well, you're a really good shot. It's like, what's the story there? <laughs> she has some history. Um, but then again, I mean, they're setting that character up. All those people set up have been like, we've been here forever. This is, we're not going to leave our heritage. So it, it's kind of confusing. It's kind of conflicting stories there, but I agree. I mean, I, I think the, I think that she did a good job in the spot that she was given. Yeah. yeah. I guess I, I didn't really think twice about her being able to handle a blaster because it just is another Western trope to me where like yeah. mm-hmm. I was gonna say that. The, the injured outlaw or whoever man with no name comes stumbling into a farmstead and then the woman comes out with a gun and she knows how yeah. to handle herself obviously but yeah. they team up anyway mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. although knew- him saying thoughtful threw me off I'm not gonna lie when he <laughs> said that when the Mandalorian was like how thoughtful of you I was like what who what yeah <laughs> Because it just didn't seem in character of him to say thoughtful. So I was yeah. like, where do you get that word from? Yeah. I think they're show- they're doing a good job of showing him changing. I right. think if this was episode one, he wouldn't have been like, unless we teach them. <laughs> I right. think he just would have like left, you know? He would have done right. his thing. I think like being in the vicinity of Yoda, baby Yoda, tiny, you know, I think all this is starting to to wear on him a little bit, and he's thinking there's probably more to this whole situation, you know, instead of doing the bounty thing, but like right. maybe trying to save people. Um, this is this is kind of a, a turning point episode for him. But he also, uh, on the other hand, he also just straight up tells the villagers they they have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was like, before. Really, that was before, <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah, nice bedside yeah. manner, and he was <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, he's still got his instincts, but then if he sits and thinks for a second, he knows the right thing to do. As right. I, I think it was in episode two when he like fights the Jawas and he's covered in mud, and it's like this bounty hunting thing isn't really all that uh, we maybe glamorous. made it up to be with our action figures growing up. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not very glamorous, and it's not worthy of a Mandalorian's time. But like now, he's getting something where he's like, this has a purpose and it matters. Right. I'm not covered in mud, and that's nice. <laughs> also, I have to say, though, I would have handled that the same way. If someone was like, Lacey, can you tell this village they can't be here? I'd be like, guys, you got to go. Oh, yeah, you would. Yeah, you're very, very to the point. I'm well aware. Yes. Um, uh, but I think also, you know, a lot of the way he acted towards her was in the tent, like no one else seeing the, the big, tough Mandalorian, you know, let his guard down. So maybe, you know, he puts on the facade when he's out there and talking to all the people. He's like, I got to be the tough guy here. You got to go, you know, and that, but then when he's in the tent with her, he's like, oh, thank you so much. He even takes his helmet off when he's in there, but even though we don't see his face uh, as he's we, eating his biscuits, like. <laughs> we were I, laughing about that because she's like, when was the last time you took it off? And he's like, I'm just, I don't take it off in front of other people. And then she went outside, and he's standing at the window, and he in takes the his window. Off. He's yeah. like, "That's a yeah." Like you're stretching the rules, buddy. They can see you. <laughs> I was like, "Is there some kind of like Star Wars double-sided mirror thing on these huts that I'm not aware of?" Like he's sitting there clear as day with his little like uh, you know Olive Garden breadsticks, and they're just standing right there, and they could just turn around and see him. So that that did that kind of ticked me off a little bit. 
But I think the question is though, who is he going to take the helmet off for? Because Baby obviously Yoda. with Kylo mm-hmm. Ren, he took it off. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's going to be the big moment: is mm-hmm. who's going to make him decide to take it off. Yeah, he's going to want to look on Baby Yoda with his own eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is geez. is there any romantic <laughs> chemistry? Do you guys think? I thought so. Between who? Between him and uh, Omera. Not Cara Dune. They're they're clearly just they're buds. Yeah. Yeah. They, you don't really? you don't someone you like you don't go like this too. Yeah. <laughs> she also makes a comment about it. She's like, "You could stay here with the beautiful widow and right. live your life." Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. There was something in there. That, like I was like, "Man, I don't know. I think Lacey might be right on this. They they there might be a little bit of a something." You know what's you know what's so funny? When I said that months ago, after watching this episode, the first five seconds, I was like, "Nah, they're just friends." <laughs> <laughs> nah, friend zone. Wow, all right. She just punched him in the face and flipped him over. Nah, they're friends. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I did love when she said, uh, come to mama, though. That was like my favorite. Line I like that line, too. I did think that was a good one. That felt very like Star <laughs> Wars cowboy type of line to throw in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any other thoughts about this? I mean, I did find one other thing I found a little weird, which maybe there's an explanation. Um, good thing we have Star Wars explained here. Perfect timing. Um <laughs> What the so their little cart that took him back to the Razor Crest was being piloted by a droid. Why was he all of a sudden cool with that now? Uh, I'm guessing no other option. Yeah, I didn't want to walk. <laughs> also, <laughs> no blurgs. Yeah, no blurgs. He did get help from that droid in the previous episode, even though he threatened its life. Yeah. Uh, and he got to work with IG-11, who I guess he was like, "You're not so bad for a droid." It seems like he's getting over his uh, droid. Mm. Um, prejudices pretty quickly but plus they got to sleep they got to take a little nap yeah yeah true also it was a he didn't trust the droid ship on the like bounty hunter guild planet but the droid ship that's in this like backwater place i don't know he probably's like he that thing's not gonna tell anybody any secrets (laughs) they i think they just cut out the episode cut out the part where he was like we'll walk no droids and they're like it'll take you three days and he's like we'll take the droid (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's that's fair (laughs) although that would have been a good funny comedic moment but they replaced (laughs) it with the like stay here moment and then like he shows up like yeah very (laughs) um uh baby groot of him yeah Mm -hmm. well it's like or the part where he copies him where he lays back and then yoda lays back yeah yeah (laughs) Alex, to your point, that's like when you get the the 2 a.m. Uber and they're your only option. You're like, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd rather know. Yeah. Um, one of the things. You thing find out I, it's a carpool. Oh, <laughs> yes. Carpool. Yeah. That's always a nice surprise. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm going to hold my breath and not touch anything for the next 20 minutes. Um, uh, I had one other thing written down here. Uh, what was it? Oh, um. Like I'm all set with the training montages. Like (laughs) we have four more episodes. I don't need more people training how to do stuff. I know that's a Western thing and like practicing and that sort of thing. But like that, I was like, come on, I'm good. (laughs) The only thing that bugged me about that was that it's like the exact montage we've seen 
a dozen yes. times. Like yes. we got sticks and we're shooting guns and we're getting better. And like, yeah. yes, yeah. exactly. That, yeah. It was an ad for Mulan. Like, yeah. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she has to go over and fix that one guy's stick that he's got it back. I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, you don't know that the pointy point like goes that way. Like, come on. But, all right. Um, yeah. Any other final thoughts on uh, this episode before we look towards uh, speculating on the future? We found out that Baby Yoda was a boy. There you go. Yep. Yeah. That was the thing that I was like, oh, oh he's a boy. The, the scientist called him him, I think, in one of the, in a previous episode. I think he did in episode three, but it was a high pressure situation. Yeah. It blew missed over that. my head. I missed it too. The first I missed time. it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> big episode. He just goes, don't both, hurt him. And so then they move on. I'm way oh, off. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so the Mandalorians called him he in this episode, and then was it Cara Dune who also said he, or was it someone else? You're going to break his heart, yeah, his little heart. Yeah, yeah. I think the the little girl uh, called him a him, too. Yeah, Yeah. can I feed him? Yeah. I was getting, like, major E.T. vibes seeing the kids with little Yoda. Oh, Especially after seeing... furious. (laughs) Oh, so... Overwhelmed with jealousy of this little girl <laughs> that gets to feed Yoda, baby Yoda, play with him and hug him. Hug him, like, yeah. Right. I right. don't hug, but I would hug baby Yoda. Right. Like, second. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So next week is um, chapter five. Um, do we know who's who's directing chapter five? Filoni. So oh, Filoni. it's interesting. It's going to go Filoni, Famuyiwa, and then Deborah Chow again. So I wonder if they're going to get yeah. similar episodes, if we're going to see a similar kind of thing, arc play Dynamic, out. Dynamic, yeah. And then Taika to finish it. Yep. So, yeah, I'm curious what uh, where they go with It was like one, two, five, three, then. wild card, and then one, two, three, wild card, kind of mm. their order. Yeah. Because yeah. um, we still need to meet uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character. Uh, Bill Burr, of course, needs to still make an appearance. Um, yes. So there's, there's a lot that has to be going on. So... Um, just whether it's speculation, fun speculation, or hopes, maybe we see in in uh, next week's episode. Uh, Alex and Molly, what what would you like to see? Where do you think we're going at this point? Do you think there's more um, bounties uh, out for Little Yoda? I think they're going to take a different path here. What do you guys think? Well, Alex already told me the des- there are the very, description of the yeah. next episode. Okay, well, <laughs> very very brief sentences for episodes five and six. So episode five is that cool to say? Do you guys want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Share. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's it was like the Mandalorian helps a new bounty hunter who's in over his head. So now I'm thinking that's gonna be Bill Burr, maybe. I hope so. I that think, would make sense. Well, episode <laughs> six says the Mandalorian pulls off a job with like a dangerous mercenary crew. A I really bald white guy. Bill Burr. Yeah, I think that's because Bill, Bill Burr's Burr with, with the Natalia Tana. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. okay. But it could be that we meet Bill Burr first and then fall in with this other crew. Like, we could get an arc kind of thing going. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fennec Shand is uh, reportedly debuting in the Chapter 5, right? Is she? Ming-Na uh, Wen. I believe that was the EW report yeah, said she's she showing up okay, in cool. Chapter 5. Um, but she's Maybe an assassin. She's so, yeah, yeah, I right. yeah, I don't know. Like, that. that's interesting. Huh. Yeah, yeah. she doesn't seem like anyone who would I be love in over it. her head. The big mystery. <laughs> the big mystery that we're gonna have to wait a whole week for. Um, yeah. right. No, I, I'm I'm curious. I have no idea what's gonna happen on the show. The only thing, my uh, I, so instead of speculating, I'll just say I hope that we start getting 
some more action and more push towards a, something bigger. Like Molly, you were saying, finding out what the deal is with Baby Yoda already. Because mm-hmm. the cuteness is there. We love him. We're attached to him. Now, like, do something. Take us somewhere yeah. with that. Yeah. Today's episode gave us a look at what his life could be. And then it could be wonderful. And he could be just playing with kids all the time. But it's not. So I want to know what they want with him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um. James Lacey, thoughts on uh, where we could be going or hopes? I mean, I think we just said it as far as like we're all kind of on the same page. We don't really know what's coming, even though we have like a little bit of a description. It's like, well, how could we speculate, you know, based on what we've seen? I I just, uh, I don't know. I'm excited. And I like the idea that we don't know where it's going at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think it's going to end up we're going to get more and more bounty hunters hunting him down for baby Yoda for tiny. And we got to, he's got to get out of it. But at the same time, we got to figure out where the end game is, where, where is he going to need to go? Because that's ultimately going to drive the story of like, who's going to get in his way and how is he going to get there? Because I don't think we're going to keep seeing him go planet to planet, but that might also happen. But that might get old quick for me if it's like yeah. every week he goes to a planet and he helps someone and then it moves on and goes to the next planet. I, I couldn't agree more. I was watching with my wife and she was like, so is this going to is this the show? He just he's helping the galaxy get better. He's going to go to. And she said this like some, <laughs> with, without like sarcasm. She thought that like this yeah. was what Mandalorians do. They go and they help people in different planets. I'm like, yeah, he's, that's kind of what's been going on. huh? Like, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, So uh, I know got, that. It's not necessarily in the next episode, but I want what is on Molly's shirt to happen. You know, it's yes. that, that we, I got to see all three of these three, you know, walk up over the, the mountaintop <laughs> right. and be like, and everybody else be like, oh crap. <laughs> you and know, like, like an IG 11, like forgive him for putting it in his temple sort of thing. <laughs> That's I'm so with you. Cause I feel like, uh, we've been told this entire amazing cast of supporting actors and supporting characters, but they all feel so separate mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they all feel like they're just popping in for a little bit and then they're gone. Right. And I really want grief Karga and, uh, Cara Dune and IG 11 and maybe even Kuil bring him along. Like get right. everyone. He's on together. that shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe it's <laughs> a, um, a mini version of an MCU where the first six episodes are these things. And then seven and eight, it's kind of the Avengers version where everyone kind of shows up and uh, plays their role, um, sort of thing. But I've, uh, I think that's that, what yeah. we're missing is the star Wars, like group of misfits that somehow work together. Like that's what star Wars is, is like mm-hmm. these people from all different locations and backgrounds and stuff working towards one common goal. And I think yeah. baby Yoda might be that like unifying thing. But right now it just feels very feels lonely because he's like mm-hmm. he's got this yeah. one kid, but then he's like on his own. Yeah, I hope we learn more also about the Mandalorians. What happened at the purge? Like, yeah, because he's he's going through all these struggles with like, I guess, maybe trying to prove himself as a true Mandalorian. He's got the armor. He doesn't have a, a house signet yet. But uh, yeah, I want to see more Mandalorian lore and story there. That's Do you think a signet could be Baby Yoda? Oh, I would love that. <laughs> oh, I, I'm still... I think it'll be the Mudhorn just because those coins Filoni was giving, or uh, Favreau oh, was giving yeah. out. But I would love it if he were just two steps ahead of us. 
and was right. like, everyone's going to think this, but right. it's Baby Yoda. I would prefer it be Baby Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they know they know how to end this in the perfect way. It, it, what we were describing before, if like all these characters that we've seen in the episodes before, if they all show up at the end, Avenger style, you know, out, out of the portals-ish, then <laughs> the Mandalorian first season... Boom, big success, because that right. final big thing is like, oh, and then IG-11 was there, and then Cara Dune was there, right. and then you know this person showed up, and then Bill Burr was like, I'm actually good now. <laughs> you know, it's like, whatever, and then the Mandalorians all fly up over the top of a building again, and it's like, oh, this is amazing, you know? Right, yeah. I think it's probably... Go ahead, I think it's probably one of those just TV budgetary things, like, yeah. right. like the season one of Star Wars Rebels, where... I think they're probably we have enough budget to pull these actors in for a little bit for season one. We'll see how it goes, and hopefully in season two, it's like the whole crew together the whole time. That's yeah. that's fair. That's a good point. The budgetary issues, and we still don't have an official budget uh, released on what this show cost. I know there were estimates that it was supposed to be like Game of Thrones style budget, like ten million an episode, but these have been shorter, uh, thirty. 35 minutes uh so i think a lot of expectations were altered a bit mm-hmm. and also they use that that volume thing so there's a lot of th- factors that come into play so that's a that's a good point alex um so james you brought up you hope molly's t-shirt happens and so does uh michael here at uh md dubu uh that's a pretty <laughs> cool star wars name if that's what that is he said i really enjoyed this episode i'm banking on Kara, IG-11, and Queel all joining Mando in the last episode, fingers crossed. Um, so I think everyone's hoping for some kind of reunion there. Um, all right, now I want to get to all of our kind of um, at, you know, I like football, so it's halftime for the Mando. We're halfway through. I do want to get everyone's quick final thoughts before we get out of here. But first, I have to reveal uh, the Mando code for this week. So if you guys watched or listened last week, you learned about the Mando code where we revealed the first number of six with one number being revealed on each episode of this show from now until our finale. Uh, when we reveal the final number, we will give instructions on what you can do to enter to win the bounty. And we finally have a bounty, so we can actually announce it now. The bounty is a Black Series Boba Fett premium electronic helmet. So I hope you guys paid attention last week and be sure to collect all the numbers each week as we go and await further instructions, which we will reveal what you need to do on our last episode of the Mando Fan Show. So your your mission continues now, and this week's number is one. So jot it down, keep it somewhere safe, and stay tuned for next week for the next Mando Code. But now, guys, um, let's all go around each and give our kind of... We're halfway through the season has it met our expectations, overall thoughts, um, anything uh, that occurred that we didn't expect, that sort of thing. So um, Alex and Molly, why don't you guys start us off? Um, how are you feeling halfway through season one of the first ever Star Wars live action TV show? I'm elated with it, honestly. <laughs> like it's, I don't know what I was expecting going into it, but I'm really, really enjoying it and I'm gonna be so sad when it's over. <laughs> I agree. I, it's a lot more than I was expecting it to be in that I kind of was not afraid, but I had this suspicion that it might just be a cool guy in cool armor doing cool guy things, and it wouldn't be much more than that. Uh, I thought it would be just crazy fan service all the time, but they've really struck a good balance between new stuff and fan service and mm-hmm. cool guy things <laughs> and... Uh, 
emotional depth and yeah uh, I, I like that he's not just some unstoppable badass he gets his fingies hurt while he's crawling up a sand crawler like <laughs> that it's it's a really great balance between like the gritty stuff that a lot of people want and still keeping it lighthearted and fun yeah i've seen a lot of memes around the internet of like oh baby yoda is like bringing the fandom together but it's also just the show is giving off just enough fan service to make a lot of people really happy and i do think i mean baby yoda is kind of making everyone fall in love mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah without a doubt um i feel like for then I'll, I'll just give my point because it's right there with that the baby yoda thing kind of threw any expectations i had out the window because i never would have thought that in a million years and it's doing something like it's it's purpose alone aside from obviously being cute and everyone falling in love with that character it's it's Favreau's brilliant way of humanizing the Mandalorian without having to worry about getting his helmet off or anything like that. You see, you have that little vehicle there being the little Yoda to, to bring out the emotions in the Mandalorian. Whereas I, they would have had a harder time doing that, I think without it. So if that was the purpose for it, then I think it was a brilliant idea by Favreau. And thanks to George Lucas for like giving the blessing to open up the Yoda species vault a little bit. But um, I, I remember celebration when they kind of, we're talking about this bounty and they hadn't said it was 50 years old yet. And I was like, if the bounty's like some kid that teaches him how to love, like, <laughs> I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be into that. And the second it's a little baby Yoda, I was like, forget everything I've yeah, ever said. Right, I'm right. an idiot. Like <laughs> <laughs> disregard all of that. Yeah. It's not a human. So it's cool. Um, uh, Lacey, uh, halfway point of this, of uh, season one, I know you're a big fan. You and I were doubters of this when it was first announced that they were making this series, but obviously we've turned on that. Uh, where are you at halfway through? Yeah, I was really like, this could be boring. Mandalorian. <laughs> so, yeah. Mandalorian. I love it. I've loved every episode so far, as you guys know from my crazy scale. Uh, but that being said, I have a lot of questions like everybody else. I need to know where this is going. It's giving me anxiety. But then I'm also loving the people that they're choosing to be these other uh, accomplices or guest stars on these episodes. Um, I can't wait to see Bill Burr. I've been waiting for months because mm-hmm. they didn't talk about him until recently, like in the past few months. When we saw him at Celebration, people were like, is that Bill Burr? And then he <laughs> didn't talk about it. Right. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does because I'm just a big fan of his. But uh, I hope we see more of Kara. And I have a lot of questions about Baby Yoda and where it's going. Yeah. Right on. James? It's such an interesting perspective, um, this this show being live action, too, because like, as much as I love Clone Wars and Resistance and Rebels and stuff like that, um, they, don't, they don't reach these audiences, and they don't get people excited about Star Wars again. And, that, and sure. that is something we need right now with, you know, where Star Wars, the fandom is at. Um, but it's also interesting just being like this week-to-week thing, because, uh, like, you can't, you can't, stop the movie solo and then like start interviewing people in the audience like so we're about halfway now how are you feeling about the movie where do you think <laughs> right, it's gonna end yeah, up sure. you know you, you can't do that so i i think that the the show as a whole like i don't know what that second half is going to be but i feel like if they handle it how they've handled the first half it will have a good conclusion and the whole thing will like it's shaping up to be what is going to be talked about very heavily at the end so Nice. Right. 
we will see where we go. Um, but that is it. That is it for this episode of the Mando Fan Show. Uh, I want to thank, obviously, James and Lacey, as always. And, uh, of course, our special guest, Star Wars Explained, Alex and Molly Damon. Guys, thanks so much for joining us this week. This was Yay. a lot of fun. Thanks yeah. for having us. This we, was great. <laughs> we did a review. We did our own discussion. This is the third time we've <laughs> talked about it today, and I'm still excited to do it. Yeah, so. not tired of it. Uh, so we'll call, we'll call your content thank you. the practice rounds, and then this was uh-huh. the real one. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but while you guys are there, why don't you uh, plug away um, your content and your uh, social media handles and anything else you have coming up? Go for, go for it. Yeah, we mostly have our YouTube channel called Star Wars Explained, where we do stuff like review The Mandalorian and all the other shows and books and comics and video games that come out. And then I just talk about whatever I feel like talking about in between. And we are doing commentaries also on top of everything else on each of the mandalorian episodes that's over on our patreon so and and then we're on twitter at star wars explain and at molly damon nice um and you guys you put out um is it a uh, you have a podcast feed now too right you were saying i saw yes yeah yeah uh it's I, I don't know how to do podcasts, but <laughs> I made one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm putting like the Q&As and like the longer form discussion type stuff on there. So, Very cool. uh, yeah. Awesome, guys. Uh, nice. James, where can people uh, bother you online? <laughs> you can't bother me. Just talk to me all day long. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Trucks. Nice. And always catch James's book discussions uh, on the Star Wars News at YouTube channel with Kyle Larson. Um, Lacey? Mm-hmm. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. Yes. And Lacey is always running our Patreon page, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. So check us out over there. I do want to say a special thanks to our uh, Patreon generals, uh, Carmelo, Brian Cholito, Andrew Staley, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, J.G. Carr, Seth Keim, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you for all of your support. Thanks to all of our patrons. The only reason why this video exists is because of your support, uh, the time and, uh, and production it takes us. So thank you all so much for that. Make sure you're heading to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for all of your Star Wars news, especially during the season of Star Wars, as Clayton Sandell called it. Um, you can see us on the Resistance broadcast every Monday and Thursday on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and make sure you are subscribed to us there. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and at Star Wars News Net. And next Friday, we'll be joined by Disney and Star Wars Celebration DJ and stage host, DJ Elliot Hansen. So we're excited for him to join the crew next week to talk about Chapter 5 of The Mandalorian. So thanks for watching, listening, being Mando Fandos. And we will see you on The Mando Fan Show next Friday. So we'll see you around, kids. <laughs>